From the Stanley P. Kazakowski Memorial Studio here at WSOU, Seton Hall University, South Orange, New Jersey, welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn, the class of 85. Once again, my great pleasure to be your co-moderator for our show today. Millennial co-host Gina Pirro is once again with us. Great morning, Gina. Good morning, Brother Greg. The purpose of Thank God for Monday continues to be inspiration. We want to inspire you, our listeners, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope and healing and peace in these turbulent times. Motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest to fulfillment. Alicia Keys just said it perfectly, listeners. There's nothing you can't do. As always, really up to you is how to utilize the information we provide, take full accountability for the decisions you make, the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of Thank God for Monday is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. And this is why we are elated that Denise P. Com, author of several books, the latest being Retirement Savvy, Designing Your Next Great Adventure, and multiple-time TGFM guest, has called into our WSOU studios today. Great morning, and welcome back to Thank God for Monday, Denise. Good to talk to you, Greg and Gina. Ah, the pleasure is all ours. I think, indeed, yes, this is the first time that Gina's been co-host for one of these great shows. Yes. Welcome home. I'm (laughs) excited. Denise, uh, kindly share with the listeners, uh, Gene and I, from what city you're speaking today. I'm in Walnut Creek, California, which is part of the greater San Francisco Bay Area. I can tell you just made two hosts and the listeners very, very jealous. (laughs) Our weather is definitely probably a little better than yours right now. (laughs) I would dare say so, no doubt about that. Denise, we could literally spend hours talking about you, uh, talking about these great books you've written, in particular, Retirement Savvy, Designing Your Next Great Adventure. But before we get into the book, kindly remind our listeners, Gene and I, just who is Denise Pecom? That's a, that's a tough question. I've been reinventing myself my whole life. And I've been through a number of careers, so I sound more like a millennial, not just jobs, <laughs> careers. <laughs> Starting out as a biochemical geneticist, working in the IT field in a number of professions. In my 50s, I became a coach, and I've always been a writer. Mm. So I've had a lot of different experiences and adventures. One might say I'm easily bored, apparently, Mm. (laughs) that I have to keep trying to do new things all the time. Nothing wrong with that. That that keeps life interesting, I think. Absolutely. No doubt about that. And we are so blessed to have someone of your ilk back today on Thank God for Monday. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And your book, uh, titled Retirement Savvy, Designing Your Next Great Adventure, is actually your fifth book. So could you tell us a little bit about why you decided to write this particular book? 
it's interesting. I love writing fiction, but I got into nonfiction primarily inspired by the challenges of my friends. Mm. So as I got older, I noticed a lot of my friends were retiring, but the one common theme was they'd say, I don't know where the time went to. Mm. I'm not getting anything done. And back when we were busy at work and we'd commute and we had family and we had home chores and everything else, we got a lot of stuff done. But once they retired without all those demands on their time, suddenly the time just slipped away. And while we have probably 30 more years after we retire, they're not all going to be good quality years. Mm. If you don't figure out what you want to do, you cannot decide when you're 80 wow, I'd like to go climb the Matterhorn. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So based on my coaching, I decided that I would extend my career books into the retirement age and help people figure out how to plan that time so that there aren't those regrets Mm -hmm. when you come towards the end of your life, that you've maximized the time. It's a lot of years. Mm-hmm. didn't used to be used to be people died at 65 but now more and more people are living very very long lives let's make the best of that time let's really you know reinvent ourselves explore adventure and keep our brain stimulated which will keep the quality of life good as we go along it is so important and i'm really glad that we're talking about this because you know this is something that all of us are are looking toward and just to be able to come up with at least some kind of plan would help you and benefit you when you get to that time of retirement, it sounds like. Absolutely. I mean, we've got a million books on how to save money, and I think everybody, whether they do it or not, knows how to save for retirement. But now you've got that money, how are you going to use it? How are you going to invest in yourself to do the things that maybe you had to put off because of family, because of work. Mm-hmm. And what kind of research went into the writing of this book, Retirement Savvy? First, I started by talking to a lot of people who had retired, who were about to retire, and to some investment advisors as to what kinds of things they saw in their retirees. Mm. And mostly that showed me what the problem was. Then I, working with my critique group, developed an outline. What topics did I want to cover? It's all based on my coaching model, which I call the happiness intersection, which Mm -hmm. is how to figure out what you want to do with your life based on the confluence between what you're good at and what you actually love doing right now. Mm -hmm. What we're good at is a huge variety of things. But what we love of those things might be a much smaller number, uh, number of things and can change throughout your lifetime. Right, right. So, so I, sounds, and then yeah. I researched each topic as I went into each topic in the outline. Then I did research, uh, reading, obviously use the Internet and talking to people and, and means testing it, having people beta read my book and, and tell me what they thought and how it might have helped them and what was missing. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've had a wide range of resources, which is great. You have to for a nonfiction book. You have to bring something new to the table. Otherwise, people start reading it and go, well, I already know that, mm-hmm. and they'll put it down. So what I needed to do 
was find a new way to look at it and to bring people something of value, something they could use immediately. And did you face any challenges when you were writing this book? Actually, interestingly enough, every other nonfiction book went very smoothly. I got the idea and I just started writing and they would get written in three months because nonfiction is a little different than fiction. Mm. So you, you can kind of make it work a little faster. I started writing this and I got completely blocked and I didn't know what the problem was. But it turned out to be simple. While writing the career books, I was talking about things I'd experienced and lived. Mm. Ah. I had not retired yet, and I didn't have a plan. So until I went through the process myself and guided by my critique group, added things about myself in the book, I couldn't get go further because I didn't feel like I was an authority because I hadn't figured it out. Once I figured it out, things went back to being easy, but it was interesting that I hadn't even seen that problem when I started it. Boy, that's really fascinating. And that dovetails perfectly with our next question here, Denise, of what does your retirement adventure consist of? Now, certainly you have a well-deserved retirement, even though it doesn't sound like you're spending much time being retired. Well, let's first start with the fact that I redefined retirement because all the terminology around it is about endings, about stopping doing things, not going on with things. I'm defining retirement as getting up and mostly doing what you want. And that could be exactly what you were doing yesterday. Mm. I've been self-employed for a number of years, so retirement was a little different. I didn't have to announce to anybody I'm retiring. (laughs) So I decided arbitrarily that my birthday, my 65th birthday, would be my retirement date. And on that date, Nothing changed except my definition. (laughs) I was now choosing everything, but the things I was choosing to do were the things I'd already been doing because, quite surprisingly, I liked what I'd been doing. As I go forward, I'll be doing more writing. I'm going to try to build some coaching services for veterans because that's a passion project I have. We're working on trying to move out of California Mm -hmm. and... There's a lot of different things, but what I try to do is make sure that every day I'm in touch with what makes me happy, looking for joy, and I think that's what this can be, so that you don't come to the end of a month and say, what the heck happened here, or "What did I have any fun? Was it okay? I feel good most days, and I'll tell you, I look at my friends that aren't doing anything despite my advice, <laughs> and and they are not as happy. In fact, mm-hmm. they're wondering why they retired. Some of them have tried to go back to work, mm-hmm. not because they loved work so much, but because they're trying to find an answer to a question they are not asking themselves. Mm. Wow. And, I, you know, I'm so glad, Denise, that you're mentioning this, because I think when a lot of people think of retirement, they think of, Uh, you know, freedom to kind of sit on the couch all day or maybe uh, take care of their grandkids. But mostly, mostly I just feel like it has to do with kind of the feeling of being able to just sit around versus, you know, 
wanting to maybe take up a hobby or take up um, even part-time part-time work, part-time volunteering, full-time volunteering, or as you mentioned, another option, which is doing the same thing you did when you were before you were retired, when you were employed. All of these options are so valid, and I think that it'll it'll help our listeners, especially those looking to retire. Um, just realize that you don't have to sit at home all day. There are so many things that you were made to do and so much purpose behind your life. And it's also a health issue. I think people who just sit around are more likely to lapse into dementia or Alzheimer's or other health issues. You've got to get out and be physical. You've got to challenge your mind. And maybe you've always loved doing something, but you couldn't justify it. It didn't pay well enough. Go out and do that. Work for a charity, even for money, but not as much because you don't care. Mm-hmm. You do what you care about. But the more time you sit around, that's when you start getting ideas. And then the idea is it's too late. I mean, people used to sit around. My grandparents' generation at 65, they were more broken. They're, they mm-hmm. didn't have their health. Mm-hmm. They were close to, to dying. I remember reading in my father's newsletters at work, one month it would say, these are the people who just retired, and then a month or two later, they'd be in the obituary. Wow. Oh, but that's not, that's not our reality now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting because in this great book of yours, book number five, uh, you've got a lot of enlightening stories, and I think you alluded a little to before where you might have gotten these from, but maybe we can peel the onion a little, Denise. Uh, from where do these enlightening stories come? And I- I'd be very personally curious, do you have a favorite of all these wonderful stories? The stories are all basically fictional, but they're usually inspired by someone else's story. In other words, I don't write someone's story because people people private they want to keep their secrets but as an example i think one of the most powerful stories because i've seen people get this wrong is the story about the couple in mendocino where they didn't understand that retiring to a dream place like that could be a problem because the nearest hospital was a very long drive away and if you move as you get older, you may be in great shape when you move mm-hmm. to retire mm-hmm. or where you're living, but you aren't going to stay that way. There are going to be health issues, mm-hmm. and you only have so much time with a heart attack or stroke to get help. Right. And you could literally have hastened your death by picking the wrong place to live. And so I that came mm-hmm. from a story where I was walking down the beach in Mendocino, and a helicopter went overhead, and there was a local walking near us. And I I said, oh, he's kind of hovering low. And the guy goes, yeah, probably picking somebody up that's got a medical emergency. Wow. I said, well, that must be expensive. I said, that must be expensive. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, well, if you're smart, you have helicopter insurance. Oh, oh my gosh. Goodness. That is something. Because you have to. The nearest hospital is in Santa Rosa. Wow. Mm. So... So that story, because it was so striking and something that I'd never heard anybody talk about, that, yes, you want to find a place where you can make friends, that you're happy, that provides all the facilities you want, 
but it also better be near a hospital. Mm -hmm. All really important things to think about. No doubt about that. And thank you, Denise, for enlightening us and our listeners, uh, Gene and I, about all of these things. Listeners, for anyone who's just tuned in, welcome to Thank God for Monday, the weekly talk show about the workplace here on WSOU 89.5 FM locally, streamed around the world, www.wsou.net. I'm Brother Greg from the Class of 85, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn, our crack millennial co-host Gina Piros once again with us. We have returning to our airways a very, very special guest today. Her name is Denise P. Calm. She is a multiple-time TGFM guest. Her latest book we're talking about, Retirement Savvy, Designing Your Next Great Adventure. And she's calling in from beautiful Walnut Creek, California sharing with us about her wonderful adventure in retirement and some very, very important things to remember uh, in retirement. And we're going to continue forward for some more nuggets from Denise. So, Denise, if your readers take home only one message from this book, Retirement Savvy, what do you believe that most important message would be? I would say, and this is probably true of most of my books, What's important is to start trying to figure out what it is you want. When I coach people, whether it's for work or someone going through a big transition or relationship coaching, when I talk to them, the thing I get is most people are very clear on what they don't want, but they're not clear on what they do want. And the happiness intersection is a way of getting to what you want next in your life. And I think that's something anybody could apply because it's oddly hard to figure out what you want and to really drill down to where you can obtain it. If you have a, oh, I want to travel, that's not going to get you on the road. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out where, how, for how long, what kind of travel. So I would hope that people would figure out how to get in touch with what they want because that's the only way you're truly going to be happy is to know what you want and go after it. Definitely. And maybe one strategy I could think of would be possibly like writing it down in a journal, right? Like starting to force yourself to map out these things. Yeah, and maybe use a memory map where you you start, you put that down, travel, and then start putting threads. Okay, where, how, what... And, and make yourself go into the details. Uh, a perfect example is a lot of women I talk to say, I, I just wish this guy would tell me he loves me. And what's interesting about that is a lot of guys will tell you they love you because they want to get into bed with you. Oh, gosh. But, so does it mean anything? Now, if you drill down to what it means to be hearing that you're loved, What people really want to know is that their relationship is at that point. The person has made a commitment to them, that they care about them. When you drill down to what does having someone say they love you mean to you, what what are you trying to get out of it, then you can get to something that can work for you. If you have very high-level wants, you don't actually get them. I've personally known guys that would say they loved you very easily. It doesn't have much meaning. Mm. And so if you don't drill down more deeply into what you want, um, it's like the 
whole story about the secret, you know, just dream it, you'll get it. Well, yeah, you may get it, but it may not really be what you want if you haven't unpacked the details behind what you want. Definitely. And maybe starting with the list of places that you don't want to go or things that you don't want to do is a start. Um, but you you do need to delve a little bit deeper and then figure out what do you want to do or even if it's more than one thing, you don't have to commit yourself to the one thing. And and if anything, try different things out, but at least get, get the ball rolling and start thinking about it before before you get to the point of retirement. Well, and Gina, you're so right. It shouldn't just be one thing. I did talk to a lot of people who said they wanted to travel in retirement. And I said, every day of the year? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, well, no. And I said, well, what you do the rest of the time? Right. And that blank look. <laughs> you, you want a variety of activities. You want to be doing a lot of different things and trying things because you never know what you'll like. Mm-hmm. I always tell my friends um, that my retirement dream is to like cuddle puppies um, and also mm. like newborn babies. And uh. I, I think there is a volunteer opportunity where you can volunteer in like the, the premature, uh, oh, premature babies. Wow. So I, I started thinking about it. But of course, when, if you ask me anything further than that, I'm just going to look at you blankly. <laughs> um, but it's a start. It's a start. You've actually, you know, gone into it with some thought and identified a way to do it. What's interesting is sometimes if someone doesn't delve deep enough, they don't actually connect with the possibilities. We have a lot of uh, pet rescue here. Mm -hmm. And while they would help ask you to also sweep out the cages and things like <laughs> that, there's a lot of cuddling going yes. on with animals. So, so there's once you articulate that, there's a lot of opportunities for it. Absolutely, absolutely. And so where do you find people often trip up when it comes to trying to create these ideas and plans? So it, it depends on the situation, what they're looking at. But I think the number one thing is for retirees is not getting started early enough. You're actually doing something really smart is th having some thoughts about it now, keeping notes on it. Because when, once you hit that moment, there's a lot of things you have to do. You have to apply for Medicare, which is complicated. You have to, you have to do the turnover at work. You have so many things going on, and suddenly you wake up the first day after your job ends and you haven't got anything planned. And people will procrastinate because it's hard. If you do it the right way, you can make it joyful and, and wonderful. But just sitting there with all that time stretching out ahead, mm -hmm. making you think you should do something, that's a lot of pressure. And I think that's why a lot of the people just hang out because it's a way of not making a decision. Mm -hmm. right. and, and here's the funny part. It's just like careers. So you make a decision, I'm going to go into this field. You're not stuck. It's not the rest of your life you have to work in that field. So none of your decisions are irrevocable or, you know, impossible mm -hmm. to change. You try this, try something else. As I said, in my career, I've hopped around a lot, tried different things, explored things, and, you know, really had a very fulfilling career because of that. Because I didn't say, okay, I started in this and now I'm stuck. 
that is such a good point, and I think that provides a lot of hope to people who um, who may feel like they're they're making the decision of their lives. You know, it, it's serious, but it's not that serious. <laughs> exactly, and a lot of counselors will try to tell people that. You know, this is really critical. I even I had a communications class with a doctor once. He had been a doctor for many years and really realized that he, it was just too stressful. He didn't have enough time with his family, and he quit being a doctor. So even someone who's made that big a commitment could pick up and change. So you're not locked in. And once you know that, so you try traveling for a while, you realize, yeah, I just, I've always dreamed of doing this, but I don't actually like it. Mm-hmm. So do something else. Right. You're not locked in. Right. And that's, and I think that's an important thought is you're just playing. You're just trying. If something sticks, great. Go with it. If it doesn't, let it go. Mm, absolutely. And I, I, I'm really glad that you have this positive message for our listeners because I think that one of the common uh, things that sometimes happen to people when they retire is they experience some kind of loss of identity, especially if they've been working for a very long time in the same career. If they've been a teacher their whole life, suddenly they're retired. Maybe they're not a teacher anymore. And sometimes, you know, depression hits. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that this is really a great opportunity for for listeners. And if it's not you as a listener, maybe it's your, your parents, maybe it's your aunts, maybe it's your grandparents. Um, speak to them and, and share what we've been learning from Denise, that there are so many options. Volunteering, even if, you know, if they're used to staying home all the time, don't don't scare them and tell them they have to volunteer full time. Maybe start with once a week, right? Start with once a week and see where it goes. Absolutely. There's so much need out there. There's lots of adults and children that have struggled with reading. If you've been a teacher and you still want to be involved in some way, go out and volunteer with that. It's a skill you have that's really in demand. There's so many, so many good things we can be doing, and, and part of my coaching practice is to help people open up their minds to more possibilities, to really go out there and, and think about anything, even if it seems crazy, because it's amazing how the, the nugget of what you would enjoy right now could be buried by a lot of assumptions about what you can't do anymore or what you've just never even thought what if one of the reasons this book really resonates with us is this chapter nine on volunteering uh, certainly so franciscan and it seems like denise uh i love this quote from gandhi the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service to others so it seems like this whole concept of volunteering is near and dear to your heart as well Oh, absolutely. I've, I've done a lot of volunteer work over the years. And one thing I would say, Gina, you mentioned depression. Mm-hmm. The best way to deal with depression is get invested with somebody else's problems mm-hmm. because it takes it, you out of yourself. The funniest thing is you know, you're sitting there bummed about something and a friend calls up and says, I, oh, my God, I just found out I have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Immediately you're lifted out of your problem. How can I help? What can I do? You're not thinking about yourself. Right. And, I mean, I, I'm not saying that depression doesn't require some self-thinking, some self-care, but I've found when I really need a boost, just 
stepping away from myself and seeing what I can do for someone else really, really makes a difference. It may only be a break, like if I'm suffering from something very serious, but it, it gives you a respite from right. from your own problems. Definitely. And that way you're immediately rewarded for your help. Absolutely. And just giving the care to others in general is always something we like to... Uh to uh, take a, a moment to try to do in our lives. And unfortunately, Denise, we only have about a minute left, but we do want to know, since you've been writing so many books, are you uh, working on anything else? Is there anything in the hopper? Uh, yeah, I'm actually working on two at the same time. I love fiction, so I'm trying to write a murder mystery set in a 55 and over retirement community. Oh, my God. And I'm also writing travel savvy which is going to be a, a a savvy guide to people on travel because between myself and my husband who's an airline captain mm. uh, we've done a lot of traveling and there are a lot of things i don't think people really know that make a difference in making travel simpler and more pleasant definitely this is really good work i think it all ties in nicely together so brother greg and i are really excited hopefully um when those come out we'll have you on the show again to, to yes. tell us more I, I would love to come on uh in the meantime from where can our loyal listeners purchase your book retirement savvy and how can they best follow you well i'm on twitter at after these calm k-a-l-m i'm also on linkedin and the books are available right now only in paperback. The ebook will come out later this year. Uh, and it's available at all online retailers Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and things, and iBooks, and things like that. And they can get me at Denise at dpkcoaching.com. Wonderful. And everyone, again, that was Denise P. Calm, spelled K-A-L-M. Her book is Retirement Savvy, Designing Your Next Great Adventure. And after you have uh, looked up her book, please also remember to follow our Thank God for Monday social media. You could find us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Gina, thank you very much. And Denise, I want to echo uh, Gina's Franciscan gratitude. Thank you very much for coming back to thank God for Monday. Once again, we've been enlightened and even more inspired. And we wish you continued joy in your writing and in your retirement and certainly a continued success in all of your great activities. And you've got an open mic here, of course, on Thank God for Monday. So we look forward to uh, when you finish the book or two, uh, come on, on back, certainly, to uh, grace our airwaves once again. Thank you, Greg and Gina. Listeners, once again, sorry to say we're out of time. Gene and Brother Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Denise does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. For some final blessings today, here's our Hall of Famer, Stanley P. Kozakowski. Most Holy Virgin, Mother of God, Mother of all nations, whose image of Tzimtzahova Shrine bears scars by hostile hands, through your intercession obtained from your divine Son, peace through truth, Injustice for the beleaguered people of the world. Queen of Peace, replace their despair by hope, dissension by love, darkness by the light of Christ. Despise not our petition, O Queen of the Universe, but in your mercy keep under your protection their heritage of the rights of man and true freedom. O Clement, O Loving, O Sweet Virgin Mary, Amen. Our Lady of Tzimtzahova, please pray for us.